This is a car show, but it's also more because cars connect us to every part of our lives. Families, careers, hobbies, and adventures we never expected. So you should have a car you love. And we're here to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, I know we joke about it all the time, but it happens all the time. You and I have been talking for like two hours straight. We thought hours. maybe we it's should actually do a podcast. There's lots to talk about, including actually, I have to say it. Push We're going to do one of my favorite Topic Tuesdays in a while. It's a list Topic Tuesday, and I'm very excited about it. I had more fun with this, this than I thought. This is really interesting. So we'll get there in a minute. We have a Topic Tuesday. We have a really cool car debate, and we're going to talk about every brand on the planet as a result today. Lots of good questions, but first off... I should say thank you to all of you guys for that have watched the Nismo Z Dark Horse Mustang GR Supra film now playing on our original channel. We had a lot of fun filming that, and the fact that they're automatics mm -hmm. doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm seeing comments that say, well, you should have brought the manuals in the other cars, and I completely disagree. Mm -hmm. I think it should be apples to apples. Mm -hmm. It should be all the same transmissions. That's what we strive for if we can uh, if we can pull it off. And I like that they were all automatic. So that was a, a late 2023 shoot. Mm -hmm. It is out. Thank you for watching. We really kind of went into all the things that make those cars sports cars and special. Yes. So yes. If you haven't seen it yet, that is on our original channel. But over on our test drive channel, the Maserati Gran Turismo <laughs> Trofeo review is now playing. <laughs> you love to say the words. It's so fun. It's ridiculous, yeah. The Maserati GT, the new one. It was a pleasant surprise. It was By a the pleasant way. surprise. I came in with incredibly low expectations. I know. I, I mean, know. I personally was like, yeah, I'm going to just sit in this and hate it for, for however long. And and was and, and not because we were reviewing it. I remember I actually drove it for a little while before we even got into review headspace. And it kept me one of those cars. We were commuting across LA. It mm -hmm. kept, kept me one of those cars where little things surprised me. I wasn't even in like review headspace. I was like, oh, this does that. Oh, oh well, okay. Mm -hmm. I, pleasantly surprising. I referred to that car as a genuine 200 mile an hour car. Mm -hmm. And that comes from Maserati, specifically their website. Yep. They advertise their Trofeo as having a top speed of 199 miles an hour. In my mind, 199, 200, what's one mile per hour among friends? I'll go one further. If your car That's breaks 190, truly. we can just call it a 200 mile an hour car. I agree. I just, yes. aren't, aren't we going fast enough? <laughs> so we didn't <laughs> actually test that yes. part of it. We didn't really have room to run. I mean, Maserati's on the salt flat is now a thing. <laughs> Can you imagine so, if Maserati gave us press cars for the salt flats? They, they wouldn't have liked. They would not have liked out. how those would be. I yes. mean, we could have said, hey, you're right. Maybe we'd have a tailwind and we'd get 201 out of it or something. But still, <laughs> it's a fast car and Maserati advertises it as a 200 mile an hour car. 199, whatever. It's the same thing. It's it's a fast car. It makes it a supercar in my mind. So that is now playing. And then over to Daytona 2024, the Porsche Penske Motorsport Porsche 963. Car number seven won the GTP class for 2024. They completed 791 mm. laps. Mm. Porsche 963 for the win, baby. <laughs> After yeah. that came the Cadillac V-Series R. There was a huge battle. I mean, the the time between the top two finishers was just over two seconds, my understanding. Wow. After wow. 24 hours and 790 laps of racing, you're separated by two seconds? That's staggering. That's it really is. That's what a good show is. Yeah, no kidding. It was the Cadillac V-Series R, and the third place car was the Acura ARX-Z06 Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti. Two of the drivers were Colton Herta and Jensen Button. Hmm. 
a lot of names in this. And I yeah. like that this is sort of used as the warm-up for the season for a lot of drivers. Mm-hmm. Man, what a race. It was fantastic. So I, I love that, of course, Porsche won. It was like their 19th <laughs> win. You just had a good afternoon. Porsche, yeah. we've stopped counting. It'd be like McDonald's. <laughs> Instead of we're billions and billions, well. we're yes. doing very well. The, the old Seinfeld joke. Of, yeah, stopped. Must we count them all? Yeah. <laughs> That's where Porsche's at now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Autotempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Autotempest. All the cars. One search. This Topic Tuesday comes to us via Facebook from Eddie Murphy early in January of 2024 Mm -hmm. asking, which cars survive... If each manufacturer can only make one car from their lineup, which that car is fascinating. I love this from each manufacturer. Eddie, we turn this into a topic Tuesday because it is long. It's long. It's a long list. And, and, and you and I may have approached it differently because this is the thing you always have to understand about these topic Tuesdays. We don't compare notes. It's true on the car debates mm-hmm. as well. Paul builds out the sheet of talking points and we each kind of take it separately. And then we, when we converge for the podcast, it's the first time we even know how the other one was thinking about this. So I'm going to share <laughs> with you fun for us. my approach okay. for this. I didn't sit down, it was hard for me, but I didn't sit down and go, what's the car I want to drive from each manufacturer? I didn't even think that way. Mm. I thought about, okay, with the pantheon of manufacturers, Mm -hmm. I still want the consumer to have an option for every kind of vehicle. For the entire list, you mean? Yes, for the entire list. So, so, So if you take every car maker on the planet, I want to represent any kind of vehicle you could possibly want. If you want a car I would never buy, a minivan, it's still got to be represented somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I didn't just pick like the car I most wanted to drive. We need to do that again, like the best cars from each manufacturer. That's a different topic. We do. Tuesday. We it's should do that again. Coming up on five However, years. However, this is just me trying to take all the car makers out there and going, what's a definitive thing that they can make the definitive of that for that manufacturer? No, I'm saying for the pantheon of cars available. Okay, this brand is because they're only making one car now. This one brand is car. now making the definitive whatever. Of all cars. So did you allow your personal desires to creep in any of them? Well, in a few places, I may have made a choice that seems odd, but because the obvious one from that manufacturer is going to be covered elsewhere, the obvious pickup gets covered elsewhere. I have some some of that in my list too. You know, I'm list guy, so I made the list. (laughs) Here's all the car manufacturers, and I chose. Some of them are pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a few that are just sort of foregone conclusions. They're iconic. It's like, this brand must make this car. If you make an SUV when you're known for making the sports car, what are we doing? Yeah, I hear you. But I did select some others that 
I might get a lot of vitriol for. Good. Well, let's let's do this. Let's go through these in alphabetical order by manufacturer, okay. and we'll each take the manufacturer. We we'll each give our car and why it's the one that is the only car that manufacturers making anymore. Mm. So we're starting with Acura. Okay. Mm. And I went with. It's going to seem like an odd choice. The MDX Type S. Because really? I'm not going to allow anybody else to really cover the unibody performance seven-seater SUV. And they make a great one. Do I have the a MDX performance Type SUV? S is uh, living at Acura and everything else goes away. Well, isn't that interesting? Because I have the Integra Type S. Which is excellent. Integra is synonymous with Acura. You mm -hmm. almost cannot You're right. You're say right. Acura yeah. with, without saying Integra. Mm -hmm. I know the NSX is out there, but I've never felt the NSX really defined Acura mm -hmm. because Acura is so democratized. It's for all of the enthusiasts and Integra. I think Integra before I think NSX, even okay. though okay. The I NSX is up for there. sure. Yeah. It was always sort of the Honda NSX. Yep. Yep. Right? I agree. I and agree. it was the supercar and Honda and we just labeled it as an Acura in the U S mm -hmm. and North America. Great. But Integra and especially the new type S I'm talking I about see the it. new That's good. one. It's really good. It's a four door four passenger. Mm -hmm. It's something for everybody. And it's, still works so great. It's almost like what the embodiment of the Acura brand is to me in my mind. Fast, fun to drive, surprising on track, surprising just on a canyon road, surprising just puttering around. Mm -hmm. And you can take your friends and you know what? It's not as high priced as the Honda. True. I like it for that reason. Okay. I mean, the NSX is dead anyway, right? Dead anyway. The moment. Yeah, you're right. So Alfa Romeo, you're probably not going to be surprised. I went with the Giulia Quadrifoglio. That is my car too. That because defines alpha sedans, mm -hmm. alpha hot sedans. And this is my midsize performance four-door sedan. They okay. are representing that part of the market. You okay. want a, you're a buyer. You want a performance four-door sedan. You go over to Alfa Romeo. You buy the Giulia Quadrifoglio. Have a nice day. Aston Martin, I chose the V8 Vantage. I debated this. Just V8 Vantage. The V8 Vantage is excellent. Just I really debated this. Advantage. I went with the whatever the current DB is, 12, 13, 15, whatever at, because this is the 43. place to do, seriously, this is the place to do your V12 front engine Grand Tourer. Okay. So I did DB12 under Aston Martin. You want, a v, you want a big V12 Grand Tourer? Aston is the brand that sells it to you. And I still have a V12 because I realized my I list like, was missing a V12. I was like, oh, I need a Because I, I actually personally prefer the Vantage, but as I'm parsing these out... This is where my V12 front engine goes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Although you can't get the Vantage with the V12. They're more rare. Yes. But it was hard even to get. Yes. They're not really known for that. The DBs mm -hmm. are known for the V12. I see that. For Audi, I've got wagons on the brain. There's only okay. one car, and that is the RS6 Avant. I see that. I see that. I went, and that's excellent. Very, very good. I went with the A4 S4 because the world needs a small all-wheel drive executive sedan. It does. I mean, and I feel, Audi makes I feel a very like good. They've made the that Alpha kind of forever. Fit that bill. Yes, yes. But you just Avant is used by nobody but Audi. You're right. You're right. The word Avant. Yeah, that's good Audi point. Avant and the RS6. Every time one drives by, we're just like. I saw a red one, one in a parking lot yesterday, covered in the the slime that we get between snowstorms, and I was just like, oh, oh my. Gosh. I mean, filthy, that car was sexy. It just looked great. It just looked great sitting there. Anyway, yeah. Did you cover Bentley at all? I did. I said Continental GT because, you know, your big, really expensive Grand Touring Beast, okay. Continental GT, yeah. that's a that's a definitive car. For, it overlaps my, my Aston a little bit, but that is a definitive car for Bentley. I'd love it if they could just build me a shooting break of some kind. It's just, <laughs> we're going it. fox hunting and... <laughs> <laughs> or something we're, uh, we're doing yeah. something uh -huh. that is 
very genteel. I love it. That's very good. So I just said shooting brake for Bentley. And then under BMW, I said M2. Interesting. I said M5 because the world Mm. needs a big, larger than the the Alpha, needs a big executive four-door performance throwdown car. And when I think about BMW, I think about an executive car that surprises you. And while I agree with the M2, the M5, I I was like, that's... That's where they're going to stake their claim as we do this and nobody I, else does. I suppose so. I mean, I just look at the M2, the prior yeah, it's, generation, it's really good. the current really generation. Good. It's just all I can think of when I think of BMW is just ultimate driving machine. Mm-hmm. What yeah. is that recipe? Yeah. Taking something that shouldn't do what it does mm-hmm. and making it that. The M5 certainly does fit mm-hmm. that bill, but the M2 is smaller, more compact, yeah, lighter. Sure. So that was my thinking there. Buick, I am pretty dang far from caring about Buick and anything they build. Uh, Buick, I said nothing. I, I'm actually going, <laughs> I just said nothing. Buick, nothing. There's nothing that they make in their current lineup that the world needs from them. I did, put, I did put Bugatti on my list because let's be honest, whatever Bugatti is making is whatever they're making. Currently, it's the Chiron. Before that, it was the Veyron. Yeah, whatever they're yeah. making, nobody else is making, and they make one car at a time, so that's pretty obvious. Cadillac, where'd you go? Uh, let's see. I... Went over here to the Escalade V-Series. See, I picked Escalade in general, but that's good. Keep going. But because it comes with the big engine, Mm -hmm. because it makes this giant SUV move like it shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I could have considered Blackwing. Now, you and I have not driven the Blackwing series of anything yet. I feel like the hot sports sedan, you've covered it better with the M5. I still feel like the Julia Quadrifoglio would do a better job. It's great as well. Even though it's not manual. Yeah. But the Escalade. Escalade is synonymous with Cadillac, just like Avant is synonymous with Audi. Absolutely agree with you. The Escalade is the one that goes here. Also because it is the only place that I have a seven-seat, four-wheel drive, body-on-frame, monster, luxury beast. That Cadillac just is that. The Escalade is that, and we're done. embodied in Cadillac. Like luxury, the peak, the pinnacle. Totally. Expensive. It starts in sport mode. It starts in my neighbors hate me mode. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> the uh, the Caterham is just the seven. Just keep building the seven. Yeah, Lotus exactly. made a seven. You make a seven. Keep making the seven. Thank you, Caterham. Chevy. Okay, where'd you go? It's Corvette. Yeah, it's, it's Corvette. interesting. You and they're I not agree. a separate brand yet. You and I agree. I because I thought about all the other things Cor- uh, Chevrolet makes. You know, you can go into pickups. Obviously, you can go lots of places in yeah. Chevrolet. Yeah. But the Corvette is the supercar for the everyman, and nobody else on my list does that. I totally agree. For Dodge, I hang had on Chrysler. Oh, Chrysler! I'm not sure what that word is though. Chrysler. <laughs> Chrysler. Honestly, Chrysler. I need for one reason. Chrysler is where you're going to get the Pacifica because the world needs a minivan. It's the only thing they make anyway. They make one of the very best. best. So Chrysler continues to make the best. Pacifica. Define the word best. Best. Best Mi- minivan. Best. Yeah, the minivans. Best. Those doors are handy. The, the, <laughs> I just watched that movie again. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Smith, surprisingly funny. But anyway, we're gonna have to redo every conversation we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a tune out of this trombone. <laughs> anyway, the Chrysler has only ever made two cars for a while. Anyway, the 300, which just died, and the Pacifica minivan. And minivans are useful. The world needs a minivan on my list. So the Pacifica, Chrysler Pacifica minivan, let them do the thing they are actually good at and keep selling. And then we can move on to Dodge. All right. The Challenger for Dodge, it is synonymous. I'm going with the icons here. Challenger is Dodge. Challenger Hellcat. I Ch- agree. Challenger is Dodge in a brand. Mm-hmm. It's Dodge in a box. Demon or Hellcat, yeah, Challenger, exactly. Dodge. That's exactly what they do. Totally agree. Ferrari, I realized I did not have a screaming V12 on my list. Mm. 
And of all the Ferrari models I could have chosen, I went with the crazy Daytona SP3, the one that you'll probably never see, will probably never see. I'm not sure it even exists. It does. It's not AI. It's actual photos. <laughs> but I like what it does to harken back to 80s styling. I like that it's a screaming V12. And I like that it's unapologetic. Mm. Ferrari isn't trying to cater. They're just making this screaming mid-engine V12 you want it, come get it. We mm. know it's awesome. The styling does it for me. It's interesting. Mm. Daytona SP3. I mean, that to me is Ferrari in a nutshell, in a in a brand. Because the the ones that cost less and do less, are those really Ferraris? Like, <laughs> really? Is it, that's not what people think. They think, I've never seen that. That looks like a spaceship drove past. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a Ferrari. Well, mm -hmm. no, it's probably just a Corvette. But still... Ferrari, the Daytona SP3, that's, holy crap. That's really good. It's If you haven't looked it up, it is it supercar, hypercar. I'm not sure either of those qualify. It is way up there. It's, it's very good. I do, I do like that. I, did, I went somewhere different, though. I went with what would currently be, I guess, the F8 Tributo. Ferrari should keep making the lineage of the the iconic Ferrari mid-engine shape. We're Us all celebrating ourselves? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. The point being, take the Magnum PR, PI car. Oh, 308 okay. and follow that lineage indefinitely. Okay. This is what Ferrari makes. So they make the the essentially the mid-engine V8 with that approximate shape. That's what Ferrari mm. does. And it should have a manual. It should have a manual. But that Just, V8 continuation yeah. of the mid-engine, that's where I went with Ferrari. Fiat, what you got? You really only have one. Yeah, true. It's the 500. Yeah. It's the iconic hatchback. I think they keep making that. Here's where we get really controversial. Okay. When we come to Ford. Okay. I think... The F-150 should be made by Ford, and that's it. I can see that. Which means the Mustang is dead forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody listening, Ford makes more money selling F-150s than Ford. You're right, than the rest of Ford combined. You're right. That's yeah. not a mistake. Mm -hmm. They make more money selling just F-150s than Ford. Yes. That's kind of crazy. And you mm -hmm. think Ford, if Ford truck, I mean, the original F-100. It's yeah. just the Ford truck. The Mustang came along. I like the Mustang enough, yeah, yeah. but go watch our piece on our original channel, the Nismo Dark Horse plus GR Supra. Mm -hmm. I don't love the direction the Mustang is going. Interesting. Okay. I don't love it. Okay. If it were going more towards lightweight, really fun, but it's trying to do too much. The F-150 just sells and it's yeah. just awesome. That's interesting because I cannot argue with your logic there at all with the F-150, and I really struggled with this for the same reason. I did go Mustang because I'm solving pickup elsewhere. I did go Mustang because it's the last everyman muscle car. We're talking about the Challenger Hellcat as just like the over-the-top thing. Mm -hmm. The Mustang mm -hmm. has the potential to be an accessible classic American muscle car feel, and I have that nowhere else in here. True. Although, so, see, I've got the Challenger, so I'm, I'm good. Yeah, okay. So I, I did stay with the Mustang, but the F-150 is very hard to argue against. For G, I've got Genesis and GMC on my list here. Great. For Genesis, I chose the G90. Interesting. Okay. It is just pinnacle about what Genesis is to me. Okay. Gliding. Wafting. Wafting. That's good. Yeah. I, I considered that, but I covered that part of the market elsewhere. We did. Trying to balance out my market. Okay. So okay. I actually went GV70 here. Did you? Because the market needs a small performance CUV, and that one is excellent. Okay. They do a it's definitive good. one, and since I'm not having anybody else pick up that part of the category, Genesis gets the GV70 and nothing else. 
That's pretty good. It's hard to argue with. For GMC, this is where I put the Sierra pickup truck. I did too, because I want to cover the Silverado, the Sierra pickup. GMC yeah, okay. only makes pickups that exist there. Yep. Moving on to Honda. What do you got? Civic in all flavors. And Honda's Civic in all, all flavors. I just had specifically the Civic Si. Okay. I really like that car. I could see Honda selling just a Civic from the hybrids to the Tourings to the Si to the Type R. The Civic in all variants, that's a car company by itself, and it is an iconic one, and it is a usable car. It really is. I'm going to take a quick break to read an email that we just got today from James L. He's in San Diego, California, and he emailed us about his desire for a Civic Type R. Mm. He was curious if the dealers had relaxed on the markups, so he went to a couple dealers near him to have a look. The first one had an $8,000 markup, but they were being sneaky about it. So no actual markup. It was $8,000 in mandatory accessories. <laughs> we put all these on because we know you want them. Please give us $8,000. <laughs> no, I don't. That's actually the Canada trick. Canada is forced to sell things yeah, at, at uh, what's listed. On, they can't give a market adjustment, so they add a lot of stuff you definitely need. The second dealer, which shall remain unnamed, even mm -hmm. though James did send a photo and I could see the dealer name on there. I want to call him out because it, uh, it was not nice. It's egregious is what, what you're looking for. Yes. The photo said dealer markup, extra $20,000. They were just blatant about just it. Just line item. There it is. MSRP is 46, nine, 46, sorry, $46,345. Mm -hmm. And they just added some accessories and tacked on 20 grand and called a Civic Type R a $70,000 car. No, no. It's a superb car. What? We, we genuinely love it. Every time we've driven it, I'm very impressed by it. You are buying a $70,000 Civic. <laughs> you, you put it like that on a review and I was like, Do you know, when you call it and a, I, a Civic, a $70,000 Civic, I really, no. I really like it. It is a definitive <laughs> front wheel drive car, but no, no, no. James, speaking, speaking of no, no, no. Sorry, go on. Thank you for sending. That is yeah. just nuts. And I guess it hasn't stopped yet. Thanks for scaring us today. Yeah. Speaking of no, 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 I do have, because we're going alphabetical, the Hummer brand and nothing needs to survive. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Nothing needs to survive. <laughs> I like we that We ended lot. up not getting to drive the EV Hummer that was the re-return, but then I saw one shortly thereafter at a Park City Cars and Coffee. This is a six-figure automobile. It's Hundred thousand dollars. It is not only massive, but I walked around it and just looking at just it, just muttering, "No, yes, no, yes." I, I couldn't <laughs> believe just walking around it. I couldn't believe how much it it just looks, feels, appears like a car that maybe is worth fifty. I haven't even driven it, and I knew that it was being paid for by six figures and up. So Hummer needs to offer the world nothing anymore. We can stop. We can stop right there. Hyundai, I've got the Veloster N. I really miss the N, the Veloster okay. N. It was so good. I like that the N is now applied to all of Hyundai's. Yeah. It's just yeah. a known thing. You just know it's going to be good. But I really miss the Veloster N. It's a very good car. I went, uh, when, again, I'm trying to balance the world. I went somewhere I didn't ex expect to wind up for this brand. But for Hyundai, they make one thing, the Santa Cruz. Nobody else in my uh, worldview makes a mini pickup, a not quite pickup. There's Ford, huh. but I gave Ford the Mustang. The so not quite pickup. You know, Honda Honda got the Civic, so the Ridgeline goes out. But yeah. Hyundai can sell you the Santa Cruz. It's kind of a pickup. It's kind of not. And it's quirky and fun and drives well. <laughs> Hyundai, Santa Cruz, and we're done. What'd you have for Infinity? I, I couldn't 
figure out what Infinity needed to bring the world that nobody else is offering. I can help. Please. That would be a Red Bull F1 car from the Sebastian Vettel era. Anything prior to 2015. That's what I want from Infinity. So what you're saying is that Infinity is now just providing all the cars for F1 in this scenario and then nobody else needs to. Correct. That's excellent. They were a winning team. Infinity plus Red Bull. The F1 car. Yes. Thank you for coming to my rescue there. That's very good. What about Jaguar? I just had desk sculptures or children's toys for Jaguar. (laughs) That's okay. all I think they should really make. That's I mean, terrifying. The E type, yes, but it's so far in our past. They're not really known for the E type. So I just figured, you know what? Just make children's expensive toys or something. I, I actually gave them the F type. You did? Because okay. right. this is the affordable Aston Martin alternative. Okay. You got the okay. Aston Martin way up at the upper end. You got get an F type. This is your executive sedan that looks like it's more expensive than it really is. There's some worthwhile stuff about the F type. I'm leaving that there. All right. All right. I'm standing on that though. Jeep should just make the Wrangler. Who are we kidding? Yes, uh, just the Wrangler. Just just Wrangler. In fact, I would even possibly argue 392s for everyone. Okay, I do like that. Just, I'll make a just notation. Just Wrangler. Here. Yes, done. Kia should just make the Stinger, should they not? Excellent, but again, I'm balancing the world because the Stinger's excellent. I, I like really the do like Stinger. it. I, I went I went Telluride because what I don't have is a luxury 7-seat unibody SUV. I had the MDX up top to do the performance when this is the luxury one that is best in class Kia Telluride and I'm done at Kia see you're being too fair to the, the rest of the market I just want I, the stinger to drive because I, I like it so it, much it's very good is so cool I was just trying to think about imagine imagine car dealer row now is just one dealer and every brand <laughs> is one, one dealer, dealer and each uh, dealer sells a car one car you, you know like what that. Like, like think about it this way I don't want a five seat Performance CUV, which is the Genesis G70 in my world. I need seven seats. Well, then walk right over here to the Acura MDX Type S and we're done. I mean, we don't even have to have brands anymore. I don't, but you know what? I don't need performance. I'd rather have the luxury. I'll take you over here to the Kia Kia Telluride. I have balanced Mm. my world. I've tried at least. Okay, what do you got for Lamborghini? The Rivelto. Because it's it's mid-engine V12 absurdity. Whatever they want to call their big... Too heavy, too big, too ridiculous. V12 mid-engine. Nobody does that like Lamborghini. I think they should just make pasta and wine. <laughs> Making what, note. What pasta, else are they good for? They are the, they are the catering department for everybody else. I pasta think Lamborghini should be the catering department, and Land Rover should just build Range Rovers. Yes, it's like done. Rain, right? Just done. Just build Range Rovers. Yes. Lexus should just build LC500s. See, I like the LC500, but I went with the LS. The LS sedan. But I have, I see, I have the G90. True, that you do. Bill. Which I is why I, did, I, why I put it here. Because it's so sexy. It is very nice. Yeah, I did LS sedan because I just yeah. thought the original, okay, to put right, them on the fair. map, let's stay there. You know, while we jump down, you know who doesn't need to stay is Lincoln. Well, I decided I, they should build a carbon copy of whatever Range Rover builds with a Lincoln badge on it. <laughs> it's just a, co- a straight up ripoff okay. of Range Rover. Just Land Rover, uh, like Lincoln Land Rover. There's no difference. I see. I just put a yawn on that and Lincoln <laughs> didn't didn't have anything to do. Yeah. Lotus should just build Amiras from here on out. Amira. Just, Amira, Amira, Amira. What do you sell? The Amira? <laughs> what, you know, let me take you over here to Lotus. You know what they make? The Amira. What color would you like your Amira, Lotus fans? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Lucid should make the air. Lucid should make the air. But they, they are they are killing it. Well, here's the thing. I don't even know that that car brand is going to survive, and I still really want to drive one. I but agree. To a person, everyone we trust or follow is incredibly impressed with the Lucid Air. Yeah. And yeah. Vital Engineers on the Model S, which when it came out was a definitive uh, sedan, period, let alone the fact it was electric, moved on to create the Lucid Air. I, I think that is a throwdown Especially for what sapphire. it does. Especially that sapphire. I mean, 
the stats are incredibly it is, impressive. It is impressive. It looks impressive. Even in a base one. Also, air. they did a flat floor on their EV. Did you note that? They made a <laughs> flat weird. floor. Huh. Okay, so this is close to home for you. Maserati. MC20. I want an MC20. I agree. I put MC20, MC20 there because 20. I think Maserati's history and perception is they should just make a hypercar and stop. Agreed. I would like everybody to know that we soon have an MC20 piece coming mm -hmm. to the main channel. Mm -hmm. However, I... Cannot afford an MC20. I have been shopping on Auto Tempest. I just <laughs> what, want to admit that what, publicly. What I love about my friend Paul is that when we drive something absurdly expensive, the cost of a house, he looks seriously. I there's no money to back it up, but he no, like there's takes no money. time I to look seriously, like builds them out, talks about it. Yeah. I found some good choices too. I'm sure. I could I, I want the hard top, I don't want the chia though, but Okay. You know. Anyway, all right, so we've decided there. Mazda should just make MX-5 Miatas. Yes, MX-5 Miata Come is on. Mazda, and we're done. And plus, that's a part of the market we haven't served at all yet. MX-5 Miata, yes. done and done. Mclaren, I decide, I'm waffling here between the 750S and the Artura because I really like I the Artura. That. And at this point, I'm realizing I'm sort of choosing every car from our Price of Fun film. Mm -hmm. But I do really like mid-engine V8s. I just want the classic McLaren mm -hmm. mid-engine screaming V8 I see it. And the new 750S, which has the cool paint jobs, the MSO mm -hmm. paint jobs, which I really like. <laughs> They're probably like 400 grand or something. Oh, to start. I did the Artura, actually. Not just which because Which makes we've the it. MC20 look like a bargain. It makes the MC... This is the thing. I did the Artura because it is the alt Ferrari. It is okay, six-cylinder okay. versus the eights the Ferrari is making for us. It is hybrid versus, in my world, the Ferrari isn't even a hybrid. It's just a big V8 with a, with a gated shifter. So I did the alt <laughs> exotic car, supercar, so I did Artura there. What would you do for Mercedes? You have to go S-Class. Do you think? You went G-Wagon, didn't you? Well, see, I see, waffled. I did S-Class. I waffled between the Mercedes AMG E63 Estate, because wagon, <laughs> Or the G-Wagon. Like, we make military trucks coated in leather. That's, I know. I, we're Mercedes. I, we make military vehicles swathed. Yes. Coddled in leather. <laughs> Do you have a need for a military truck? You don't. But the doors close really, dripping really leather cool. Yeah. We're your company. That's funny. See, since since the Range Rover survives in my world, I went S-Class because it'll be twice the, the expense of the LS from Lexus. And it'll be leading the pack on technology. They've always done that well. So Mercedes-Benz makes the S-Class. Mini, just the Mini, right? Just the just Mini. Just the John Cooper just, Works Mini two-door hatch. Mini. I mean, yep. I realize that overlaps with the Fiat 500 in my world, but that's all Mini should make. Mitsubishi, my conclusion here is they should bring back the Evo, otherwise <laughs> they're off the say, list. <laughs> bring back the Evo 10 or curl up and die. That's that's it. Evo <laughs> or nothing at all. <laughs> Nissan, I have the Nismo Z. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I, I did really like that car. And the Z, I mean, Z, just mm -hmm. Z. It's good. I, I do like that. I see the Z. logic there. For me... I went Frontier because the world Screech. needs a small truck, well, don't a they small have... pickup. The Santa Cruz is Santa different. Cruz. The Santa Cruz is, is a little bit different. This is a body Too on precious, frame. Maybe? <laughs> it's, it's the more hauling capability, more towing capability. The world needs a small truck, so Nissan brings the Frontier and mm. contributes that way. Mm. Porsche, we're going to agree, aren't we? This is where we have trouble because I'm waffling so much between 911 and Cayman. Are you I really? love Cayman so much, and I think... Yeah. If I choose Cayman, people would be like, hello, Paul, you idiot. Mm -hmm. Choose the 911. But if I choose 911, 
that denies how much I love Caymans. Denies your Cayman love. I see that. Yeah. You see mm-hmm. the issue. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I cannot choose your wine. Is <laughs> <laughs> your intellect is dizzying? I do like. I, I did go nine eleven because you say Porsche, you think nine eleven all the way to also to the point that Porsche has hung on to this thing forever that everything they make in their lineup should look related to the nine eleven. It's just nine eleven, and we're done. Yeah, I suppose so. Ram, Ram. TRX. I did TRX as well because somebody should make a ridiculous super truck. Another Hellcat powered thing. Mm-hmm. For Rolls Royce, that is on my list, by the way. Okay. I thought they should first stick to jet engines, but then I decided they should just make really high end furniture. Beautiful, okay. expensive furniture. I mean, they pretty much already do. They just bolt an engine and wheels to it. True. I, I did say the Phantom. Because did you, really? you say Rolls Royce, I think, and you hear Phantom, and mm-hmm. it's going to be twice the cost of the S Class which is twice the cost of the Lexus LS. I've got I've got range here. So you come in with, you know, half a million dollars to spend and you want the ultimate sedan. Over here at Rolls-Royce, we can solve it with the Phantom. I also did say I did put in Rivian as well. Oh, you did. I gave okay. them the R1T, not the S, the T, the truck because I do think the world has use for an electric pickup and they do it very well. Just for YouTubers to drag race against everything, right? Against everything, especially the Cybertruck. Yeah. Okay, Subaru, what do you got? Subaru, okay. Mm. Again, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be global here. Can we bring the brat back? The original yeah, brat. I agree. If we can, there's, then it's there's brat stuff for me. here. I, I think I have to face it. The outback is in a class of one. Dang it. It does nobody else does that vehicle. So Subaru has to make the outback. I don't I like it, but there it is. For Tesla, I have decided from here on out, from from now until the end of time. Okay. They should only build Cybertrucks. As a matter of fact... <laughs> See, there's your electric pickup. I like it. Keep going. Exactly. Right, keep I'm going. going to rename the entire company to the Triangle Truck Company. We make trucks out of triangles. We got a fresh shipment of triangles. We're building more trucks. It's just triangle styling because in comparison to everything else, their portfolio is so bland and blah and mm-hmm. meh. And then there's the Cybertruck. I'm like, yeah. I don't care if you love it or hate it. That's irrelevant. It makes a statement, though. It's without just question. statement. It's like nothing else. Tesla, truck, yeah. triangles. Yeah. We're done. Mm-hmm. That's it. I see it. Where I went with Tesla is they make the Model Y and nothing else. Now, that is, I have to say it, that is my least favorite Tesla product. <laughs> it's my least favorite, okay? That's good. I've driven all of them except the Cybertruck to this point, and it is definitely my least favorite one. Uh-huh, However, uh-huh. it is also one of the best-selling vehicles in the world, one of the best-selling vehicles in the U.S. What they have proven with the Model Y is this is the electric car that people want. Yeah. And I also have to say this. prove that, don't they? Taurus, Camry, pick your vehicle. If you want to go back in history and find the best-selling cars, very rarely are the best-selling cars the best cars. F-150s. They are cars that do, uh, possibly, but they are cars that do everything at a fairly high level, but don't typically have any standout points. Mm-hmm. The Tesla Model Y is a worldwide bestseller. Tesla makes the Model Y and we're done. Mm. All right, I'll give you that. For Toyota, this is a big one. This was a hard one, but I think I found something. Did you? Because I have walked past the Tacoma, the Forerunner, the Land Cruiser, the GR Supra. I've left aside the GR Corolla. I've ignored the Camry and Prius, the Tundra, and the Sequoia. That's a lot of good stuff. To choose the GR86. Did you? It's such a good it's car. It's such a definitive car, and I think that is now Toyota in a car. That is awesome. I do like that. I, I completely understand your logic, and I personally, personally, am completely on board with you. For my pantheon of cars, I picked the RAV4 because this is what a volume-selling, available in every trim, middle SUV is. so nice to all the the customers. 
I just I want people to to arrive not at car dealership row, just car dealership singular. <laughs> And whatever you need, it's eighteen square blocks. Whatever you need, we have one of them. <laughs> so I went with Rav Four. All right, all right, fine. Volvo, moving on. Volvo should make the Volkswagen. shipping boxes. Hang on, <laughs> for the Rolls Royce Furniture Company. <laughs> Volvo now merged to with IKEA. I like it. It's good because they're known for safety. Mm-hmm. They will protect the furniture they from will. side yes. impact crashes and head-on collisions. Uh, <laughs> Volvo makes the boxes for the Rolls Royce Furniture. It's very good. I, this is where I went wagon. V60 v, recharge. V70 this, wagon is my jam. For this Volvo. is what a family wagon should be, is when Volvo makes a wagon. I did the V60 recharge as the current one. I really do like that. Did you have a Volkswagen pick? I do have a Volkswagen, okay. and they should just make those delicious currywurst sausages. <laughs> <laughs> I like how much non-car product these brands are making. Well, does that that's, tell you? That's really, does that give you any indication of what I think the brand... <sighs> where it's wound up. I mean, Yes. I, the GTI is the obvious, yes, right? The GTI. GTI with a manual and tartan seats. But it's a hard call is, against... Yeah, Delicious or lunch. sausages. Mm. A delicious lunch. Am I hungry or do I want to drive? Yes. Volkswagen. <laughs> if you have a topic Tuesday, funny, not funny. <laughs> we'll have fun with it either way. We thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you so much for that one, Eddie. That is really, really a great one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Winter is here, and that means it's time to check your windshield wipers. That's right, old wipers can leave streaks across your windshield and simply fail to wipe away the snow, sleet, and rain, which leads to dangerous visibility. Look to PowerClear wiper blades from PowerStop. Since 1995, PowerStop has brought performance brake upgrades to nearly every vehicle on the road, and now PowerStop is bringing affordable safety upgrades with more than just brakes. PowerClear wiper blades feature RoadView advanced rubber technology to bring you streak-free, long-lasting visibility in all weather conditions. Forget fussing around with adapters and sizes. Each wiper blade kit is matched to your vehicle to include both driver and passenger side wipers with vehicle-specific attachments. You'll always know when it's time to replace your wipers with a built-in wear indicator, too. Head to PowerClearWipers.com to learn more and ensure your vehicle is winter-ready. For our car debate, Randy L. writes to us. He's an upcoming dad looking for a fun-to-drive compact SUV. Randy, thank you for writing. He says he's been a big fan of the channel, been watching us since 2008. That is pretty much the dawn, Randy. So thanks for being with us for a while. Yeah, 2007 when we actually posted our first stuff. So you were right there at the beginning. We're glad you found us. Well, he watched the first video he watched was the Honda S2000 review. That was he, within our first year. There you go. <laughs> it's ding, ding, ding. Yeah. owned a 2005 S2000. Love it. Love it. Now, Randy will be having his first child in May. Randy, congratulations. Mm-hmm. So he needs to sell his beloved 2017 Focus RS that he's had for seven years for something more practical. By the way, this is the longest he's ever owned a car. Mm, interesting. Okay. He currently owns other fun cars as well as a 2016 Cayman GT4. Can I buy your car, Randy? Whew. And a 2019 Mustang GT350. His wife drives a 2021 Volkswagen GTI manual, which she will keep. Okay, interesting. All right. But the Focus has been his favorite due to its fun-to-drive nature that also flies under the radar since it's a Ford Economy hatchback. I'm guessing you have it in that slate or stealthy gray and not in the look-at-me blue because uh, <laughs> it does blend in Give the gray. Give me a ticket blue. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I notice it every time. I think it's awesome, <laughs> yeah. 
Unfortunately, he settled on buying a compact SUV he swore he would never own mm. for the rear seat room, the cargo capacity, and the ease of putting the kid in and out of the rear seat. Okay. So he thought, why not at least make it fun? Something fun, sporty, an SUV. He would like something that he can take on family road trips within a five-hour, just slightly more, five-hour-plus driving time. Okay, all right. So he's looking at X3Ms and G- Mercedes GLC 63s and Stelvio 4s. He says that might be overkill, though. The rear seat room in the Macan appears to be too small. Not much larger than his focus, but he's a big Porsche fan. So he narrowed his choices down to a GLC 43 and an SQ5. Okay. Not the less practical coupes. His budget is $45,000, so he will be buying slightly used, like a 2020 and newer GLC 43 or 2021 and newer SQ5. If there's a wild card, please let him know. Okay. He's been on short test drives with both cars. He's watched our videos on them. It seems like we like the GLC 43 a bit better. Of those two, yes. We do, but since the published cargo area of the GLC is less than the SQ5, was it much of a noticeable difference when testing? Is mm. that something that Randy should be worried about? I mean, you almost have to take your gear to the dealer and, and actually take, take seriously, take your, take your stroller. We got another one coming seriously, in. Seriously, take your stroller, take a bag, see what actually seems to fit, because I also feel like those measurements never really tell the tale. It comes down to, what am I putting in this? But onward. It needs to fit the stroller. At least two suitcases, other small bags in the cargo area. Is the SQ5 just not as fun to drive as the GLC 43? Hmm. And he's not interested in the Mazda CX-5, by the way. Okay. What about reliability? What about retained value between the two? Both have air ride suspension that can be costly to repair. Do we know if those fail often? Hmm. What about the electronics? What about infotainment? Is the Audi easier to get acquainted with? He does like the Audi virtual cockpit, and he thinks the SQ5 with 21s in dynamic mode with rear air suspension or the air suspension looks like a large Golf R. But that's a good thing for Randy. Yep, yep, yep. So what do we think? Randy, this is interesting. First off, I'm going to say something about the GLC that I, I didn't get a chance to research, so I want you to look into it. You're talking about 2020 GLCs and back, okay? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. keep in mind that Mercedes now does GLs for all of their SUVs, and the, the last letter is the size, okay? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the GLC is roughly Macan size. The E is roughly it's Cayenne like a, size. An inflated C class. Exactly. So this is what e they're class. talking about. Yeah. So. I don't think that 2020 has the good inbox system in it. I think it's the system prior, the command system. I think you're right. I think it traded over in 21 or 22. And the problem is the command system is okay, but it's <laughs> aging really quickly. It turns on. The inbox system is what you want. So if you yeah. can't get one with the, and you're going to have to look up the year with breakover, I don't know. But if you can't get one with the inbox system, I don't think it is worth it because I think it's going to feel old fast, which helps the SQ5 rise. But here's my real question. You're looking at SQ5 and GLC. Mm-hmm. Your wife has a GTI. I'm going to tell you the dirty secret of SUVs, okay? <laughs> that manufacturers do... Volkswagen. Seriously. That, no, that manufacturers don't want you to know. <laughs> this is the thing that never gets advertised. Most good hatchbacks... The GTI is one of the best for what I'm about to bring up. Most good hatchbacks have as much space or more than the small SUVs. Yeah. They don't want to yeah. tell you that. The GTI has more rear seat space than a Porsche Macan. The GTI does. Now, I don't think the Macan's bad. The Macan's gotten bigger because the Cayenne's gotten bigger as well. But you said you're worried about the... This is what I found weird. You're worried about the Macan size, so you went over to its stablemate, the Audi SQ5, and I'm sitting here going, you like that it looks like a big Golf R, and I'm going, get the Golf R. 
Because I think, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong, but I bet you the usable space of the Golf R is going to rival the SQ5, and now you aren't in an SUV, which is something you really don't want. If you jump up above the size you're looking at, then I can argue SUVs, like for example, the Macan's not big enough, but the Cayenne would be plenty of space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you jump up to that size, Randy, I could actually see you saying, I want SUV for more space. But the size you're at, it is that dirty little secret place where the SUV might not actually have more space and you could just buy a hatchback and be happier. I understand the RS. So two GTIs is what you're recommending? Yeah. She's got a GTI, you've got a Golf R. I understand <laughs> that the RS doesn't have enough back seat space. It's got really big front seats. They didn't do great back seat space. But the GTI is excellent. So I'm putting that out there because it leads to one of my wild cards later. I am all in on the Porsche Cayenne. I absolutely agree with what you're saying, Todd, but the Cayenne drives smaller than the size would suggest, and that's the beauty of the Cayenne. So if you're looking for the SUV and you want to stick in SUV land, it's the Cayenne for you, Randy, or Mm. nothing. Mm. You're a Porsche guy. Yeah. It's big enough for what you're asking it to do. Yes, lots of space. It's comfortable enough for a road trip, but it still drives smaller. That's very good. And everything else you're, you're looking at. I can't argue that. However, I do have something for you to consider. And that is the 2012 to 2019 BMW 3 Series, known as the F30 Generation. Okay. They sold a wagon in North America called That's the right, they F31 did. Generation. That's right, they did. And I found you a 2018 BMW 330X Drive wagon with 45,000 miles for 27.5. I saved you money. I got you a wagon. Whoa. It drives great. It's a sweet wagon. I am so sold on this for you. And I understand that if you say, well, the door openings aren't big enough and it doesn't hold quite as much stuff as I'd like. And then if that's the case, go get a, a Cayenne. But if you want to just keep it tight. You know, I think that is hard to argue. You have That's a fine. Paul just went under budget, by the way, everybody. I like that noted. Well, I didn't for the wild card. So just, you no, know. it's fine. No, 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 no. Just it's breathe fine. a sigh of relief. It's okay. But, but, but I am very impressed. You found, I didn't even think about that car. That's very good. I have, F31 BMW. That's really yeah. good. That's a Wagon. strong choice, especially for the money. I have two wild cards. They're probably not as interesting as yours. I'll jump to mine real quick. One of my wild cards is the Civic Si, Randy. That has a lot of space. That has it? a ton of space yeah. in the backseat. That has more than the GTI Golf, I feel like. I, I haven't yeah. I haven't climbed yeah. back to back, and I also haven't tried to put a rear-facing child seat in either one. I will admit. You could probably climb in, shut now, the door, and then install the rear-facing possibly, child Possibly. Child possibly. It has an amazing amount of space. I want to remind everyone that the Civic has more rear seat space, and so does the Integra, than the bigger Acura TLX. I just want to remind everybody of that. Also the daddy that secret. Co- that <laughs> continues to baffle me in product planning. And I like the TLX a lot, but what the hell is going on there? Anyway, the problem with the SI, of course, is that it is a trunk, not a hatch. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have to actually figure out if that works. So that might not work, but you end up with a great driving car that is different than the stuff you already own. You can get a great manual transmission. Civic SI should at least be driven to see if it works for you. And then my last wild card... More interesting, I think, to drive and be in than the Audi SQ5 is the Genesis GV70. Similar in size. That's really good. That's really good. It, it, and the problem is, a new one is over your budget. It is. You even compared it to Macan's, though. I did. You? I did. I think it's up there. With, so the problem you know, is, Malbana. the one you want is 65, 70 grand, and yeah. you want to spend 45. So that's why it's in wildcard territory for me, but that's my other one. What's your crazy one? <laughs> I like that we both had two wildcards. 
Wild card number one is the Volvo V70 because it's wagon. Good. It's good. It's really good. Wild card number two is also a wagon. It's the Mercedes AMG E63 Estate. The dead throwdown car. Yes. Don't want to spend 27 grand less than your budget on the BMW? I could walk you right over here to absolutely destroy your budget land. Yes. <laughs> They're about two and a half times your budget, Randy. But you said you wanted to look at Mercedes. Mm-hmm. How about a 600 horsepower wagon? <laughs> your wallet's on fire, but, but it's awesome. Dude. <laughs> I will never forget. I will never forget the first. Utah meetup I took my son on all right our friend Derek was (laughs) there in his E63 wagon and we're in this great lineup of 20 something cars they're many bright colors some amazing cars people that turrowed some stuff and rented Mm -hmm. that it was great we had this spectacular lineup it didn't matter where you were in the lineup of cars you could look out your front glass or in the rearview mirror it was just like that's epic yeah, yeah, we're yeah. driving along. We're in the Lotus Elise, and my son, who who has at this point, this is a couple years back, he'd come to the realization that the Lotus is amazing, but he also knew that it isn't super fast. So he'd accepted that reality. Right. He loves the Lotus, right. and so he goes, "Dad, what's the most powerful car here?" <laughs> and I know what he's thinking. He's looking around at all these sexy sports cars and thinking, "One of which one of those is the, the which?" And I said, uh, "Son, you see the the black wagon, two cars up." <laughs> he said, "Yeah." I said, "That one." <laughs> he was like, what? I said, uh-huh. We'll ride it later. We yeah, did. It blew his mind. Yeah. Listen to that. Mm-hmm. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com is the email address to write to us your Topic Tuesdays, your car debates, and your car conclusions. We love hearing from you guys. I'm going to start here with an interesting question that was actually touched on early on in this podcast. I want to come back to it. Ford Race Fans on IG says, he really enjoyed our latest piece, but why do we continually have to say that things are better with a manual? Why do we have to care? And, oh. and, and I'm going to say two like thoughts. Like the collective here. we? Yeah. Like, I think he's asking collectively and also you and I, because we brought okay. up the fact that we okay. knew the manual. And you actually said it very well. You made the comment where you said, the automatic's not taking away anything. The manual would add. And I actually liked mm-hmm. that description because okay. what's happened with internet discussion about automatic versus manual is automatic, all automatic cars are terrible. And that's simply not true. <laughs> you okay? past Ferrari, yeah. Lamborghini, Pagani. Here's, here's the reason we continually mention it. Because unfortunately, there is a very vocal contingent in YouTube comments that probably would never buy any of the cars being discussed. That if you look at our latest piece, it's about every third comment, certainly when we first posted it, where people said, (laughs) I stopped watching as soon as you said automatics. I stopped watching as soon as I said, which was like 30 seconds in. Yeah. You missed an actual worthwhile comparison because you saw we brought automatics and we even explained why. We brought automatics, and you just completely threw out the entire discussion because we brought an automatic. This is why we do have to keep talking about the difference between automatics and manual. I agree with you. If somebody wants a car and they want to get an auto over a manual, great. If you like the car, get the car. But this is the problem. There is that very vocal troll, uh, no automatics contingent online that probably isn't even buying cars, so we got we to gotta talk to them. The vocal trolls, I like that. On Instagram, Voodoo4399 says... If we're at the start of the Mustang S650 life cycle, life cycle, yeah, and the dark horse has less power and specialness than a GT350 or even a GT500, do we think Ford will have models, mm. Shelby branded or not, to sit above the dark horse? But below the GTD. Well, mm. everything is below the GTD. <laughs> They're $300,000. They just did a throwdown <laughs> with that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, like a heavier Nismo Z without a manual. What is up with that? Why, why, why? I definitely understand but about mustangs i feel like ford's looking at sort of the seventh generation here is sort of a last hurrah for what everybody knows the mustang to be but i hear you i hope not too Mm -hmm. i hope the next one is lighter and drives better anyway (laughs) (laughs) yes i 
think they're going all in on Mustangs for this generation. Mm -hmm. So yes, I do think they have fine with the GTD, you know, they're looking at the 911 GT3 RS thinking we can do ring times, but what else has Porsche done? They'd offered a GT3 version for the mm -hmm. street. Mm -hmm. Oh, and a GT3 Touring if you don't want the wing. <laughs> 25 versions of the 911 at <laughs> and this now point. The yeah. ST. And mm -hmm. now, so there's room and the market is now primed mm. for Mustang to do the exact same thing with Mustangs. Mm, that's good. That's and really good. Kind of look at what Porsche has done because does Porsche need to do those models? Not really. But they'll make money. But they'll make money. <laughs> yep. Yep. Isn't that what they're in business to do? Is Probably. Make money? A couple of really good Track Daily Crushes going on. I'm going to start here with Kirk on uh, Facebook. It says, Track Daily Crush for our 360 Modena. That's a good car. Okay. The Skyline R34 GTR or also the Porsche good. 996 911 Turbo Track Daily Crush. <laughs> I'm going to let you have at it. Uh, hmm. Interesting. I, Okay. I'm going to daily the Ferrari. 360 Modena. It's a sweet ride. Can I get it in a manual, please? I, yes. I, that I will daily. Which leaves me with two excellent track cars. The Skyline R34 GTR and the Porsche 996 911 Turbo. Either one of those would be superb track cars. I think this is a weird way to choose it. Because I could also drive it comfortably on the street, I'm going to go in the 996 911 Turbo because it isn't right-hand drive. I think that really is the deciding point for <laughs> okay, me. Okay, all right. They're right. both all-wheel drive. They're, the Skyline is, is a throwdown car. I get it. But I think I'm going 911 Turbo, which means, sadly, I'm crushing the, G, uh, the uh, R34 GTR. Maybe somebody will pull it from the ashes and drop an engine into it and make a... I don't know, 10 movies. Don't, out of don't that you concept. owe me a nine second car? Oh, there stop. we go. Uh -huh. DR Miller 45 has a design question for me asking why are open edges of the rear doors of many cars and SUVs oddly shaped? Most front doors opened to have a flat edge, but aside from pickup trucks and the new Dodge Hornet, I can't think of, he can't think of rear doors that have a straight edge when open. Mm. It's most annoying when parking in a tight space or a narrow garage which is how we landed here. <laughs> that front, let's start with the front edge, that mm -hmm. leading edge. It is usually right about the general area of the base of the windshield, mm -hmm. which is the most expensive part of the car. That's where all the HVAC, that's sure, usually where sure, the engine sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and transmission are located, usually. Mm -hmm. But there's HVAC, and that is the part of the car that has to be crash tested. The rest yeah, of the car yeah, yeah. almost doesn't matter. It does. <laughs> But you're right, all things considered, yeah. But when from model to model, mm -hmm. those hard points at the base of the windshield and that entire firewall remain unchanged because it's so expensive to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So therefore, it's usually a simple design, which lends to very clean front leading front door edges. Okay. There's also, that means there's not a lot of styling going on in that area. Mm, interesting, okay. This is where we just hang the doors on the car. Stuff's got to work here, folks. Whereas when you get to the back, especially the rear door of the rear of the car, well, that's where fender flares are. That's where you've come up with some yeah, crazy yeah, shape. Yeah. And if you want to make the proportions seem correct, even if the opening itself isn't quite as big as the door shut line mm -hmm. would suggest, that means the door shut line goes way out mm -hmm. and creates this crazy thing and it drops down, but it has to visually look good. Mm -hmm. Because if the door opening were just as big as the door 
the shut line big as the door opening itself, it'd look weird. It, it would look funny. Interesting. So they have to make something big. Well, that means you're now carving that shut line through fender flares or the the meat of the styling, mm-hmm. the haunches of the car where all of the styling is at, really. Yeah. That front leading edge, that's just where the front fender fits on. It's <laughs> That's really it. Yeah, it's yeah. The leading edge of the door is just fender and door. That's and then the all middle of the door is just the dead center of the car where exactly. the two doors meet straight anyway. But yeah. towards the rear of the car, you've got the shoulder Madness. line really forming. And then you've got fender flares or uh-huh. wheel arches or some sort of theme that is terminating that has been started at the front sure, of the car. And it's sure. terminating right where you open the doors. In the rear. You're reminding me. Uh, I don't know why it's on my brain, but I we brought it up in the Gran Turismo piece, too. I cannot believe I'm thinking Fisker Karma, but it's on my brain. <laughs> yes. That is the most extreme example I've ever seen of the rear door. The rear door on that car, if you just pull up a picture of the Fisker Karma, the rear door on the car from the exterior looks perfectly normal. Mm -hmm. And then we cracked it. And the (laughs) door opening is probably, I'm not kidding you, it was at least a foot of sheet metal that was at this big diagonal between where the actual edge of the door appeared to be and the actual beginning of the seat. It just, meaning that the opening of the back was at least a foot smaller opening than the door led you to believe. Craziness. It's a flick with the pencil. (laughs) Paul can even tell you how to draw it, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. This is how far he goes. But also you want to keep whatever the shut line for the rear glass is. Yeah. You have to continue. You can't just stop the rear glass and then suddenly change completely direction the shut line through the Mm. sheet metal. Mm that's going to look even weirder. So you have to continue the flow of the line, which usually means it flows all the way back out over the fender and then it creates some weird door opening. (laughs) Then you bang it into the other cars at the mall. (laughs) Nice. Another track daily crush. He said, this is the slicing it thin edition. The Cadillac CT4 Blackwing, the Cadillac CT5 Blackwing, or the Chevy SS Six-speed manual transmission with Magna Ride. This is going to be Track hard for you. Daily crush. This is hard for me, especially. And, I, and look, I will acknowledge, I have not driven either of the Black Wings. I will admit that, but I think I have an answer anyway. I'm going to crush the CT4 Black Wing because it is the smaller car. I'm going to daily the CT5 Black Wing because I want to be in luxury and have a lot of power to be angry about. And then when I go to the track, it's the four-door Corvette. It's the Chevy SS mm. six-speed manual with Magna Ride. I think that's my answer. And and this is not to take away from the other ones. It's just that's how I'm, I'm slicing it thin. The individual who brought us today's Topic Tuesday is back with a question on uh-huh. Facebook. Eddie M. says, what are our thoughts on existing racetracks having to fight housing developments in towns? Mm. I say if the racetrack has been established there for a long time, don't move next to it if you don't like listening to loud noises. Well, I agree. The, the, only thing move. I can, the only thing I can compare it to is airports. When you buy a home on the flight line near an airport, there's never a discussion about like, we, the members of the HOA, would like to volley to try to get the airport. You moved near an airport. <laughs> You bought a house near an airport. Okay. Yeah. I promise you, if you bought a if you bought a house, even in Laguna Seca, okay, which is a gorgeous area where they have a lot of money, and this is why this question comes up because mm-hmm. they're suing again. If you bought a very expensive house and money is no object and you have a very high-powered lawyer that gets I don't even know how much per hour, I understand that you might think you can sue your way to solve your problems, and sometimes probably very successfully, but you were told if you move near a racetrack, there's a racetrack over there. I promise you somewhere in the buying process, it's not like you moved in and the following Saturday, you're like, what was that noise? I promise you at some <laughs> point in the buying process, somebody told you you were, uh, you were buying a house near a racetrack and you decided that was okay. And now you're angry? 
But that's on the developers because that racetrack, if it had pre-existed, it was way out in the country, not near anything. And yes. developers decided, I don't mm -hmm. really care because I'm not going to have to live here. I'll just get paid a bunch of money to develop everything around it. And we'll take your considerations. But okay, so you're going to still hear cars on a Saturday morning or all week long or whatever. Yeah. But racetracks have such potential to bring in such great revenue, just like Laguna. I think people need to know that you're, you're moving next to a racetrack that's probably not just going to disappear because Let's more development not. crept in. Let's hope not. My last question is from Seth, who actually asked interesting questions. Almost a topic Tuesday, but I think I can do it quickly. He said, assuming you could afford it, does he think you should ever buy your dream car? Now, I, I see the question behind this, Seth. You're going, if I buy it, will I regret it? Or if I buy it, will I drive it? And Seth, my feeling is, if you really could afford it, why on earth not? Yeah. Because it's yeah. one of those life experiences where, and this is where we get, we get, we all as car people get tangled up. If you buy it and you don't like it, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it is. We, we, we look okay. at these things yeah. on posters or we, we dream about it or we drove by or we saw one at Cars and Coffee. We just think, I'd love to have that car. And then it is possible for you to end up in one and be like, I, I don't love this as much as I thought I would. And we hate ourselves for it. That's the thing about it. We yeah. hate ourselves yeah. for that yeah. because we put it up on this pedestal and now we afforded it and now it's disappointing. And my, th my thought is sell it and let someone else enjoy it. But if you <laughs> or not enjoy it, exactly. <laughs> either way, but if you, but, but then you at least can stand at cars and coffee and go, I had one of those and you know what? It didn't work for me. That's okay. okay. Uh, having that life experience is worth it. I think if you could afford your dream car, whatever it is, if you could really stretch and afford it, I'll also say this. My dad, of all people, finally bought a Corvette. So glad. And while I, I am bummed that he sold it, I kept telling him. And I told him the day he sold it because he was really sad to sell it. He needed to financially, but he needed to sell it. And he was sad about it. And I said, Dad, but you did it. Yes. And he had. And here's what's weird. He was so in the midst of selling this thing that he'd so enjoyed that he hadn't thought about it in those terms. It was like, I'm just proud of you for doing it because he talked about it for decades. And then he finally owned one and he had a great experience with it. And so did my mom, which was the big surprise. And then he was bummed to sell it. But I was like, Dad, you can say, I did own one. This car you talked about forever, you bought, you loved, it's gone, but you did it. That's fantastic. And I love that your mom loved it. She drove, she rocked that thing, she, man. They would go somewhere and two thirds of the time my mom would drive and my dad would be like, she's really got a heavy foot. I was like, dad, <laughs> really? <laughs> Thank you so much for all your questions. Write to us everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. You can find us for yep. all your Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, car debates. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>